Hey guys and girls, and welcome back to this week's edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. My name's Christian, and as always, on the other side of the desk is my mate Matt. Matt, how you doing today, buddy? I'm surprisingly upbeat considering that I lost every single matchup that I had this week. <laughs> you got kicked out of basically every format. Yeah. I mean, I, I got I've got, a, out I've got of a couple four. of keeper leagues where I'm still active, but that's it. Yeah. Everything else I lost this week. So, no, I got kicked out of our keeper league this week by 2 points. I am I'm shattered. Oh my god, I could rattle off my list of injuries and late minute outs, but I'm not going to. I, I don't want to wallow in self-pity. I'm no. still I'm still alive in some salary cap leagues, so so despite the fact we're both very much on the bring on 2020, <laughs> let's see if we can close this year out for the Absolutely. We've got a couple of big rounds to come, obviously. This is preliminary final week coming up. Next week is the big week, grand final fantasy week. You know, that's where players etch themselves in the hearts of fantasy coaches everywhere. So yep. who are we going to get that's going to go close to 200 this year? Oh, my God. I think the last three years we've had someone go 200 or come close to it every year. <laughs> I still remember two years ago when, in a Keeper League matchup, I had Buddy Franklin kick a ridiculous amount of goals on Lee of Jones. We're not going to discuss that specifically. We're talking generally here. Oh, it was against you. Is that why you don't want to discuss it? We're talking generally here. <laughs> we'll jump straight into the games from last round because there's a lot to dissect. Yep. And we want to help you out as much as we can heading into preliminary final week. It is a big week of matchups. So... GWS taking on the Hawks. I mean, did you hear it was snowing? Did, did you hear <laughs> I did. about that? I did, yes. There was, um, I think there might have been some mention of it on social media. A couple perhaps? of times, I reckon. A couple of times it was mentioned. Very rare, though. Um, <laughs> so, uh, Hawthorne just smashed the Giants. This was ridiculous. I don't know. I did not see this I coming. I tipped Hawthorne as soon as Hopper was a late out because they've got a lot of their midfield missing. Yeah. A lot. Um, but I, the margin I tipped was by six points. Yeah. Not by this ridiculous margin. Yeah, it was the margin that really threw me. So, Jimmy Warple, I, I just want to touch on this quickly. <laughs> he is not only playing incredibly well, he is winning coaches finals. Oh, absolutely. Moment. He is winning people finals, and he is a legitimate option to bring in this week. Like, yeah. if you are looking, he is still a point of difference. He is legitimately an option to bring in, because... His average over the past three weeks is spectacular, and he's just playing the perfect role. He's that inside, in and under midfield for Hawthorne. You know, obviously, they've just got him in the prototype Tom Mitchell role at the moment, and this will obviously change significantly next year when Mitch comes back in. It will, but he's such a good player that, and they don't really have a huge amount of midfield depth. So even next year, I think he'll still be good, just not this level of good. Henderson maybe. will be another year older, and, you know, <clears throat> Jager will still be in the inside, but he's that classy user heading out of the clearance. Yeah, I mean, It'll next be- year, looking at Mitchell, Jaeger, and um, Warple, yeah. that's a pretty solid midfield unit. It's not too bad. And just, like I said, Warple is definitely someone you could aim to get in this week in salary cap Particularly leagues. considering that they're playing... Gold Coast this I week. I know, it's, it's ridiculous. A and Jaeger's going to get the attention every day. He's an ex-Gold Coast player. <laughs> I know him. So, <laughs> yep. you know, Warple's in for a field day this week. Uh, Isaac Smith smashed it for draft coaches. You know what? Screw you, James Sicily. Just screw you. Yeah. I'll, where was this? Where has this been for the past few weeks? And also, how did you do this with only, what, six marks instead of 12 that you would normally need to take to get to 112? Yeah, I, I don't know. The I, thing is, yeah. he's every chance to back it up next week against Gold Coast. Yeah, yeah, probably. So, oh, I'm not saying trade him back in. Don't no, trade him me back neither. in. But look, I mean, where was this a few weeks if ago? If you're still mate? hanging on to him, obviously yeah, hang on to yeah. him again. Um, Liam Shields and Chad Wingard they were great for draft owners their drop off from there from the Hawthorne players because Jaeger was the next best with an 88 yes look I I think like we say there's just going to be a complete change next week Uh, the the scoring against Gold Coast is going to be massive and some of those guys like Jaeger like Ricky Henderson I think they're going to go massive I think those guys are going to go big I was actually having a look at Hawthorne's players today from a draft perspective mm-hmm. for, for a risk it to see if there are any likely options mm. everyone's highly owned yeah there's a lot of highly owned so there. there's not really a lot of value to get on your waiver wire and the guys that are available really haven't been delivering this year no. like guys like Bruce and Puapolo mm-hmm. were the ones I was looking at They've had horrible years. Yeah, they haven't had good years as a keeper I, owner of Bruce. Oh. I wouldn't be backing them in against Gold Coast either. Their years have been that bad. Mm. So I, I 
the thing is, I'd flip a coin. One of those two is going to have a good game. One of those two small forwards. Yeah. And a small forward always seems to dominate against Gold Coast. True. But I don't know which one it is. And no. you can't. You couldn't pick it. So no, it would be a genuine flip of the coin. Exactly. I'd say, if I had to guess, probably Bruce seems mm-hmm. like he's got a little bit more life left in him. Look, if I had a pick, apart from James Warple, for who's going to go massive in this game, it's Ricky Henderson. Yeah, this Ricky is a Henderson, Henderson game. Ricky Henderson is going to go huge. I'm predicting 130 minimum. For Ricky Henderson. Yeah, it's going to be a big Henderson game, I think. Um, on to the GWS Giants. I mean, Toby Green just is is getting the job done like an absolute <laughs> champ. Yeah. He, and he's playing in the midfield. It, it just doesn't matter. And look, I was a little bit worried about what would happen when uh, Josh Kelly comes back in. Um, Jacob Hopper going out. And he doesn't look like coming back in this week either, according yeah. to, uh, to Leon Cameron. So... Yep. I think that Toby Green pencil him in in the midfield for the next two weeks and he's going to continue yep, and dominating. Still only 11% owned, so still under owned a little yeah. bit. Uh, Tim Taranto, 110, nice bounce back. And then some yep. solid scores from the rest of the guys that we expect, like Whitfield, Williams. Perryman's been very good this year. Yeah, yeah, he has been. He's been sneaking under the radar a little bit, but. Um, draft owners wouldn't. Or they'd no be across him, yeah. Draft. Draft coaches know exactly what's going on there. Uh, nice little debut from Jai Caldwell there. He was <clears throat> yeah smashed it out of the blocks. I think he was on about 34 points a quarter time and did slow down. Um, Which is always to be expected, first games. Yeah, they we, don't quite have the legs. Pre-season, we did have an interesting conversation about Caldwell versus Haitley yeah. and how that would go from a keeper league perspective. Yeah. I'm still very firmly of the opinion that Caldwell will be the better player. Yep. But Haitley will be the better fantasy player. So I tend to agree. It's yeah. like comparing, you know, I mean, obviously, completely different players, different styles, but just in essence, comparing Chris Judd to Dane Swan. You know, Chris Judd is mm. obviously the better player, and as history will show. But why, why don't we put it two guys in the same team? All right. Swanee and Pendles. There you go. There you go. You know, although Pendles was an amazing fantasy player for a few and years I think, as well. I think Coldwell will, will be a good fantasy be, player But as not well. to the same extent. Maybe Sidebottom and, you know, Dane Swan, someone like that. Sidebottom's never really gone to that top echelon, yeah. but he's averaged around 100 to 105. That's what Coldwell can do. Haley has the ability to be that 110 plus player. Yeah. So, yeah, if, if you are in a keeper league, I would rank Haley higher than Caldwell. But on I'd a pure still, fantasy I'd level. still be looking at Coldwell. Oh, 100%. Easily. Yeah. Um, should we move on to the next game from there? Um, Unless there's anyone else you spot you want to bring up? Not particularly. Nah, it's not, not too much there. I mean, they just got absolutely smashed GWS. It was good to see that in the smashing, though, they still put up some good fantasy numbers. Yeah. Uh, Demons versus Collingwood. Demons <clears throat> put up a bit of a fight against the Pies here. Oh, the first quarter <laughs> and a bit, they were kind of... It was a weird game because it was mm. sunny... Uh, but it had obviously been raining in the morning or overnight mm. or something like that. So the skills were terrible, but the sun was shining down. So it was really yeah. hard to tell what was going on. Um, for the Magpies, Steel was great with 123. Draft coaches would be happy with that. Trelaw didn't do quite as well as last week, but 107, you aren't complaining. Yeah, you're happy with that. Um, and I was pretty happy with Brody Grundy's output, actually. Uh, him and Max Gorn, you know, in the duel. You it was that... a good matchup. They were pretty much just nullifying each other most of the game, though. Well, the Grundy wor- gradually got on top. Yeah, the worry was Gorn was actually tagging Grundy by the looks of it. He yeah. was having to play a more defensive ruck role on Grundy. Mm-hmm. That indicates to me that clearly Grundy is the top ruckman in the competition. Yeah, th- the that moment. doesn't worry me at all. I, we already knew that oh, Grundy yeah. was the, the best one. And exactly. This is the only game Gorn's ever going to have to do that. So, yeah. so it's just you, you knew that they were going to pretty much nullify each other this game. It means once again next year we just have to enter going Grundy and Gorn. I mean, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That, that's the start to your salary yeah. cap year. You pencil those yeah. two guys. Re- realistically, I don't think we learned anything new with the Grundy Gone matchup. Here. No, it was all stuff we it was already just a good knew. Good matchup. Uh, and look, Taylor Adams was solid for a ninety-eight, but I, a lot of people are looking at him because he's so underpriced. I wouldn't be because he's just so injury prone. <laughs> um, this year isn't his year. Look, if he gets it together next year, I could definitely have a look at him. But no, I wouldn't risk it heading into finals unless you are desperate. Yeah. Uh, um, now, this is a very, very um, left field choice. All right, I like your left field choice. And it literally only just came to me looking at the numbers here. <laughs> Meyer check, 100 points, yep. four goals, one. They don't really have any other go-to guys in their forward line. Nope. And his matchups the next two weeks are Adelaide and 
Essendon. Uh, the Essendon one in particular. Any interest from you? Um, I'm not sure about the It's a the very, Essendon one. very deep <clears throat> draft waiver. Yeah, I mean, I own him in a redraft league, and I've just been playing him on and off the bench every once in a while because if you can pick the right matchup, he's mm. good for a 90 to 100 yep. in that, but then he'll go a 50 the next game. Yeah. So he's a really good streamable option. Don't mind him against um, Adelaide, though, because Adelaide yeah. did give up some points <clears> to <throat> forwards. See, um, and I they have been doing that the past few weeks. I'd rather play him against Essendon because they're really low on key defenders well, at the if moment. If that's the case, then we're basically, you know, approving him for either matchup. So you could pick him up this week off a deep waiver list. Very, and, very deep. And yeah, hopefully he goes well because Darling scored very well this week against Adelaide. Um, yep. Kennedy was kept quiet, hmm. and that's the only issue. So if Talia goes to Maya check, that's the issue. Yeah, that's why. And, and they was... don't really have any forwards, Collingwood. So. No. Um, if Talia gets that matchup, he's Although, going to do nothing. Yeah, but he's not the the sort of stereotypical key forward. He's a little bit more mobile and weird. That's true. But if Talia goes under anyone, he's locking them down. As long as they're not like a, a true. Jeremy Cameron or someone like that or a, a Charlie Cameron, you know, a, a really small forward, yeah. he's going to lock them down. And he'll do that to a medium or a tall like Majacek. True. Um, yeah, so that's the only worry there for the Adelaide yeah. matchup. Um, so we'll go over onto the Demons side of the ledger. And look, Clayton Oliver was great. 130, that was spectacular. Angus Brayshaw, <laughs> there's your 106, mate. You've been waiting for this all year. Uh, <laughs> luckily, he was my emergency for um, Hopper in one of my matchups. Oh, I you, still lost. You but bloody scoundrel. That I still lost the matchup. But, um, look, it, the positive thing is he kind of did a little bit of everything in this game. Yep. 26 disposals. <laughs> Four marks, five tackles, one goal. It's a pretty solid all-round game. Mm. <clears throat> so hopefully he can use it as a bit of a stepping stone, finish the year off well and lead into next year. Yeah, no, I like it. That's a good point. Um, remind me again, who have Melbourne got? They've got Sydney this week, don't they? I believe so. Max Gorn is going mental all over McLean. Like, he, Sydney <laughs> don't have a Ruckman. Yeah. I'm just, you know, in pen, just marking in Max Gorn as my captain this week. No, I mean, I just don't see any other way that you could go. There would have to be someone absolutely who has a ridiculous average against their matchup this week because he's basically playing against a a teenager. Yeah, he's going to destroy him. So, yeah, I'm penciling him in. in. um, Ultimate Footy Leagues, Mm -hmm. if you're playing captains on... They're playing Friday night, so loophole the shit out of it. Absolutely, 100%. Put the VC on him easily. Um, And then there's a drop-off from there. Like, they just didn't perform. Melbourne haven't been doing too great all year. Uh, You know, Petrarca, it was good to see something better from him with a Mm -hmm. 94. He he really stepped up, actually, in this game. Um, And he didn't need to push it up with goals, so it was one goal, two. Yeah, Um, that was good. That was good to see. But he tantalizes like this, and he'll probably come out and get a 55 (laughs) next week. Uh, It's just what he does. Um, I also like what Kyle Dunkley did as well. Um, yeah, he had some good touches. He's a lot of he's on a lot of people's benches um, mm-hmm. in salary cap leagues at the moment, so you could safely put the emergency on him. Yeah, agreed. Um, which you would have needed if. Uh, oh my god, we'll, we'll get to it when we get to the Richmond game. But geez, this sucked. Um, mm. We'll push on to the next game, shall we? Which was Port versus Sydney. Look, uh, this was just ridiculously bad by. Sydney. I mean, I I don't know what happened. Uh, but no, they came it up was good against port. good port. Good port. It was a good port game. <laughs> it's it's basically Two Face from the old Batman movie. I mean, <laughs> it's you just don't know what you're going to get. Darcy Byrne Jones, top scorer for the the Power. Look, it was not a good fantasy game to watch. I don't think either side had a popular fantasy player score particularly well, to be honest. So. Darcy Byrne-Jones, top scorer for the power. Dan Houston and then Laddams were the next to get um, hundreds. Yeah. Now, Houston's been pretty good the last month or so, mm-hmm. but um, I think we spoke about him last we, week. We did or speak the week about before. him last week. We, we like the look of him. It's just whether he can keep the role. Yeah, um, and he's he's owned in in um, waivers at this in drafts at this point. Exactly, and I wouldn't be trusting him in salary. So, a lot of people will be looking at Laddams after his what people are calling a breakout game. Again, he's playing no one from Sydney. Basically, you know. Um, yeah. Look, I. I just don't think... Is it McLean? Yeah, it is Hayden McLean that's still coming up as their number one ruckman with Aaliyah Aaliyah punching in as well and Sam Reed doing a little bit up forward too. Yeah. Look, they've just got no one, so anyone that plays them is going to smash them. And if Laddams can do it, think about what Gorn can do next week, guys. Yep. 
Um, so Ollie Wines came back in as the last minute emergency with a 96. That wasn't too bad. But I want to talk about Tom Rockliffe and Travis Boak. So Do we have to? Travis Boak <laughs> copped the tag this week yeah. and got 59. That's okay. Everyone's got Travis Boak pretty much. So in draft yep. leagues, that would have sucked. Draft league owners would have been expecting 100. Yeah, that would have got hurt. 59. That was absolutely ugly. There's nothing more we can say about that. But what I am going to say is that Port are coming up against North this week. And they have been harder to score against for midfielders. Yeah, they haven't been giving up huge scores. So that, that was changed a little bit this week when they came up against Geelong and just... It looked like they were witches' hats, basically. But Geelong have got some pretty incredible midfielders. Yeah, so. so I'd be a little bit worried about Boke this week. Not enough to trade him out in salary cap. I am. Would you? Ooh, <clears throat> interesting. Oh, no, that's actually what I'm doing at this stage. Is it? You're trading Boke out, so yeah. you want that POD, do you? Not so much for the POD. It's mm-hmm. about the cash. Okay. Because I'm struggling to generate cash. Fair enough. And so I'm looking at the team going, who can I realistically move on for a little bit of cash? Yep. And I'd still had seven forwards for some reason, mm-hmm. so I had the luxury to move him on. Yep. See, I uh, I should have listened to my advice last week and traded out Tom Rockcliffe. I have. didn't. I, I remember I sent you a list of players that I thought about trading out to get Toby Green into my side. I said, right, I, I'm thinking about <laughs> Tim Kelly, because he was in such poor form. Uh, Bontempelli, because you know he's, he's just that last guy who's a POD on your field, but he's every chance to get tagged for a 70. Yep. And Paddy Cripps, because you know, up and down, no, you don't know what you're going to get. Ended up trading out Tim Kelly, who got a solid score this week. I think he got around about 100. 103. Uh, 103, there we go. Very good score from a forward. And I kept Tom Rockliffe, even though last week I said you should try and get him out at all. For, for, yeah. Listen to your own I, advice, I, mate. Oh, my God. Tom Rockliffe is just pissing me off to no end at the moment. Is he on your Never Again list yet? Shit, he's been on my Never Again list so many times and off again. (laughs) Clearly your Never Again list has an issue then. For fuck's sake. Do you understand how they work? Again, he's just skating by on name value. That's all he's doing at the moment. He is terrible. He is he is fantasy garbage at the moment. So would you you would be moving him on this week? Yeah, and I'm, that's actually probably an overreaction because he was averaging like ninety four over the last five weeks. He's averaging ninety. That's not fantasy garbage in a draft league. It's not great, but for salary cap for a premium spot in your midfield, yeah, I guess that is garbage. Yeah. Um, so seventy one, ninety two, hundred and three, ninety, ninety one. It's not good enough. Have, have been in score since his last big one of a 150. Which was that first game back and after injury and everyone just went, right, he's back, get him in. Yeah, so as you said, he plays North Melbourne. The thing is he plays Frio the week after that. Oh, so he probably God. will go to... He, there's the potential he could go to town against Frio. Jeez. All right. He's, and he's goal. only worth 678 at this point. I'm so. st- yeah, I'm still trading him out. If you got the cash to trade him up to someone more consistent, I would. But every chance he comes back to buy me. Uh, so, on the Sydney side of the ledger, Florent. We like Florent. We like Ollie We Florent. like Florent. For keeper leagues, obviously. You know, I was having a look at his numbers today as well. Mm-hmm. His season average is 68.5. It's not good, but he's shown His last three games, average of 85. Nice. With a, a 91 and 113 in there. I like those. I like those numbers. Look, maybe yeah. it's just that last end of season push before he has a breakout next year. Maybe. It's a bit yep. cool, but oh, we like him. We, we like, like him for drafts. The thing is, because he's a centre only, he really has to actually break out yeah. to be worthwhile. Mm. But they've got a they've got a young list. They're building. He's he's got perfect a as young, a wingman. They've got a lot of young centres. Is the thing. James Rowbottom is coming up. Um, yeah, you know, but they seem to be giving Ryan Clark some time in the midfield. But the thing is, I don't see Florent as being a pure midfielder. I see him as being a wingman. Yeah. Yeah, like a like a gaff sort of style where he just runs all day. Yeah, um, so yeah, no, I agree. I could see him playing a wing role. Those other guys are probably more centres. Yep. Yeah. Uh, so some of the other scores for Sydney: Isaac Heaney with 105, and Jake Lloyd. We expect him to do that with 104. Good score from him. Uh, not much else to report, <laughs> really. It was just ugly. And can I just say also, screw you, Luke Parker. You have had <laughs> such a good year. You've been a little bit down, but you just had an amazing patch through the middle of the year. A lot of people actually had him in their salary cap sides. He had an awesome patch for a little while, he yeah. He was dominating, and you pull out a 53 in an elimination <laughs> final week. That's horseshit. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, that's all I have to say about that. <laughs> I'm, I am really devastated by that. 
Um, quick I word on tell. yeah. Oh god, had him in a keeper league. It hurts. <laughs> um, so in a keeper league, I lost by two points. Did I tell you that earlier? You did mention that. <laughs> yes. Um, James Bell, just quickly. Look, there wouldn't be as much scrutiny on him if there wasn't the late out of Dusty Martin. We'll get to that later, but a lot of people might have brought him in this week as a quick cash grab, had him on their fo- in their forward emergency spot, and yeah. the 25 comes on field for Dusty. Jeez, yes. It sucks. Having said that, the other popular forward emergency of Hanrahan wasn't a hell of a lot better with 51. But doubled it. Yeah. Doubled but... it. It's, it's still not a good score, but doubled. Yeah. So we'll go on to the next game of the round, which was Brisbane just walking over the Gold Coast Suns. I mean, the uh, the pineapple grapple, is, I think, is, is the best name for it that I've heard. I heard that on Twitter. It was great. That's quite good. The pineapple grapple was just an absolute trouncing. So, your boy Lions, the man of mystery himself. Mysterious no longer. No, he's a legitimate option this week. He is, uh, coming up against Geelong is a very hard matchup. Oh, I wouldn't be going salary cap. No. Ooh, a lot of people are talking about it, though. No, that's just chasing points. He hasn't been that good for the journey. All right, all right. Okay. He beats up bad teams, and he beats up teams when there's no attention paid to him because all the attention goes to the other guys. Yeah. And that's what happened here. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I get that. And you are a keeper owner. And these are the sorts of guys that you have to listen to. Draft owners, you listen to them because they've tracked their scores throughout the entire year. They've rode the bumps. They've, yep. you know, experienced the dizzying highs. Yeah. And he, he's a, a lot... A lot. He's somewhat like Henderson in his scoring in that his highs Ricky are Anderson, really yeah. high. But he does have lows. He's probably... his. Basement's actually a lot better than Henderson's, but mm-hmm. he still puts up those mid to low 90s that you're not going to yeah. be happy with in salary cap. He's even chucked in a few 80s as well. So. Yeah, not as many, but I mean, I wouldn't... I'm so not, you're not recommending it? You're no. not recommending that pickup in salary cap to chase the no. points? Cool. I'm happy with that. Dane Zorko. Having said that, yeah. I hope he proved me wrong. I, I need him to fight for me <laughs> in keepers this week. <laughs> Uh, Dane Zorko, 130, miraculous recovery from We the completely wrote him off last week. Well, that's because, uh, look... Oh, at the time of recording, it sounded like he was on yeah. one leg. I mean, we have been through this year the old uh, fly Tom Rockcliffe up to China, and that should guarantee you to play, <laughs> but clearly it doesn't. And also, when you get a hamstring, that should guarantee you don't play, because I've never heard of a one-week hamstring before. Clearly it wasn't an actual hamstring, no. it was just some no. awareness. It was, yeah... Even hamstring awareness has pulled people out of weeks yep. before. So this was obviously just the lowest of low ends. Like, he probably had a cramp Particularly because they were playing against Gold Coast yeah. as well. No disrespect intended to Gold Coast, but if Complete you have... disrespect to Gold Coast. <laughs> They're not even a footy team at the moment. If you have any awareness, this is the game you get rested. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, they didn't need to risk him. They did, and it paid off. Anyway, um, we'll move on. Barry, we love a bit great, of Barry. Great bounce back, because he's been really average since he came back from yes. injury. Uh, Daniel Rich has been... Average this year. He's had a good, solid year. His for draft start owners. to the year was really good, and, and then he tailed been, off. He's a lot. still been okay. Draft league owners would be extremely happy with him. And a hundred this week is amazing in an elimination mm. final week. Uh, Lockie Neal got tagged again for seventy four by, yeah. and Took Miller went to him instead instead of Dane Zorko. Probably didn't need to do that. Um, I, I think Gold Coast just really need to go away from tagging and just it's not play. helping no it's not helping at all you're getting beaten by about 100 points with a hard tag on the best player for the opposition team yeah. you just need to let Tuke Miller run wild through the middle he's done that before and played extremely well yeah so um, I not- just want to point out another guy yeah um, Charlie Cameron only because it supports what you were saying earlier there mm-hmm. is Always a small forward that goes big against uh, Gold Coast. He was one of my um, uh, honourable mentions last week because I think... Was he my risk it last week? I feel I, like he was. He we'll get to that or, later. Or he might have been 51 or 52% yeah. owned or something like that. But yeah, well, there's always a small forward that does very yeah. solidly against Gold Coast. And this just supports it. Yeah, uh, Dave Swallow, 111 from him. And Jared Witt, 109. Maybe with Jack Bowes, probably the only three that fired a shot this week for Gold Coast. Bose needed to fire a shot after the week before, though. Yeah, he was very, very good. Um, Fiorini, yeah, just tailed off as the team has tailed off as well. Look, Fiorini is going to be a very good fantasy player. Mm. If he leaves Gold Coast and goes to a good team, he's going to be an incredible fantasy player. But as long as he stays at Gold Coast, there's always going to be that thing weighing him down. 
Well, there's a bit of fatigue as well because yeah. he was carrying the player, yeah. he was carrying the load to begin the yeah. year as well. So but I I would suggest that he is a five to eight point better averaging player at another team as opposed to playing a goal. Most post. probably, Even, I have heard people make the argument he's not actually that good, and the only reason he scores this well is because there's no one else at Gold Coast. I don't necessarily buy into that, but I have heard that argument No, again, I, I just put forward the argument that he's one of those accumulating players. He's not a, a you know, a, a Chris Judd or a, you know, Dane Beams or one of these just classy, mm. skilled, you know, win the game off your own back sort of players. He's like a Dane Swan or a, you know, just accumulating midfielder yeah. who will get Mike, to the right Michael positions. Barlow at his best. Exactly, Michael Barlow. That's a perfect um, example. So, yeah, it's, he's just going to accumulate and get enough of the ball to p- pump out massive scores. Yep. Um, is there any other players there you want to point out? Is um, All right. But I know what, you're not going to enjoy this one. All right. Jacob Dawson. That guy we spoke about last week that we didn't know who he was. Yeah. So, he, apparently, he's a rookie. He's right. played four games now. Yeah. 48 versus Carlton. Not <laughs> great. about this. 69 versus Essendon. 100 versus the Pies. And 71 now versus Brisbane. Okay. There's some good signs of progression there, and this is a guy that in ultimate footy you might want to grab as a keeper stash because it looks like he might have a bit of game about him. Don't mind it. Uh, it's always this is the good time of the year for keeper stashes if your yep. uh, league doesn't have free agent lockouts, which a lot yep. do to try and stop that sort of risk of tanking. A yep. lot of teams who you know by this time of the year are know that they're not going to make finals, or obviously that it's finals at the moment. But three to four weeks ago, they knew. And so you would just offload good players, um, bring in a bunch of rookies, and then whoever plays those teams in the last weeks has an unfair advantage on the rest of the comp. So, yeah, um, yeah if your team doesn't have a lockout, this is a great stash. Yeah, I, I, like stash him, see what he does next year in preseason. But there's some good signs of progression there, I think. Yeah. Uh, okay, so the next game, which was the Bulldogs versus the Bombers. Uh, <laughs> wow. Oh, wow. Holy shit. There's, There's uh, Saturday night games. What, wow. Awful. Just awful. I mean, don't get me wrong, it was fun watching the Bulldogs. Like, it's, when the Bulldogs are in full flight, they are a good team to watch. They're a fun team to watch. McRae, Dunkley, Hunter, McLean. McLean, good bounce back from him. But yeah. Though, you know, the rest of the guys are ones we expect. Will Hayes... Looks He's alive! He is. He was everywhere as well. He was running off the back line, getting extra cheap marks, and he was up at half forward as well, kicking goals. So. He looked really good earlier in the year when he came in. I think he, he started with a couple of 70s he from did. memory. And then, he, and then he got injured for a couple of weeks and then just never got his spot back. So, I don't know. But there's some talent there, I think. I like him. There is. Um, uh, we saw a little bit from Tim, Tim English as well with a 99 from him. Uh, Your boy, Bailey Dale. Bailey Dale, yep. Got on the goal-kicking list again, and as a result, 94. He did. Um, Look, I'm not looking too far into this match. The good guys, the guys we expect played very well. Bontempelli again with 100. Um, But this was just a smashing. You can't read into this. Uh, Like, Toby McLean, we've seen nothing from him all year. Surely this isn't going to be a regular thing again all of a sudden. Um, He needed three goals to get to that 104 as well, so there is an asterisk there. Mm -hmm. Uh, and for, for me, it's more about, is this something that we're going to see against Essendon in the last couple of weeks? Have Could they be. run out of petrol tickets? Could be. If teams bring the pressure, can they score like this? But the other question is, do they have that emotional bounce back for one week to the to the horrifying loss where they galvanize themselves and they just they perform are, out of their skins? They are just inconsistent, inconsistent enough that they probably will. Exactly. So I'm, I'm not banking. Oh, not and playing. of course, they're playing Frio. So yes, they will. <laughs> yeah, they're playing Frio over here. So they probably win that game. Yep. Um, okay. So back in Essendon players to score well. Yeah. So again, we're not going to delve too far into these Bulldogs scores. You know what you're getting from the top end and anyone in that middling sort of area or that bottom area that just jumped out for a massive score this week, don't peg that in for a, a regular occurrence. Uh, and do we even talk about the Bombers, to be fair? Zach Merritt was amazing. He was just yeah. exceptional trying to carry that team. Dylan Shiel was okay and... Kyle Langford did quite well in um, Parrish's absence. He got some more time in the centre. He did. But, yeah, there's just nothing else to talk about from the Bombers. A lot of guys who would be a bit of They had 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Sorry, 9 players, yes, score under 53 this week. Yep. That's just awful. But Uh, they come up against Frio next week. Frio do give up scores. They do. 
could bounce back. Watch for the bounce back, but it'll be interesting to see if it, they've actually run out of petrol tickets. Uh, they've the... spent a lot on last-minute comebacks in games. They have, yeah. Um, on to the, uh, the, the other Saturday night game, which, you know, could be worse, I guess. I, this is worse. Because North Melbourne kicked one goal on their way to 14 points overall. Yeah. And Geelong could have smashed them, but kicked nine goals, 15 for 69. Look, this was just ugly at its finest. I mean, look, again, we're not going to delve too far into these scores. Congratulations if you had any of the guys that went big for Geelong, like Gary Ablett Jr. in draft leagues. Yep. Um, if you don't have uh, DPP changes through the year... He would have been a midfielder all year for people who drafted him, and he has not been playing midfield numbers, so he no. might have been on the waiver wire. Yep. And you might have picked him up this week against North, and he pumped out 117. Well done. <laughs> uh, Paddy Dangerfield did what we all expect. Tom Hawkins in a game where you're just smashing the opposition. This is going to be his you know, bread yeah. and butter. Uh, and Mitch Duncan bounced back from last week with a good score. Uh, Tim Kelly as well. You know, he's been down the past few weeks with 103. I sort of thought that North Melbourne would try and lock him down a little bit more. They tried a little bit, but they just couldn't stop him. They, they couldn't stop Geelong in general, to be honest. No, they're just too good. I mean, it was incredible. And some of the scores, you know, there was down scores from uh, some deeper draft guys like Tui, Menegola coming back from injury was poor. Joel Selwood with a 40, that's just that atrocious. That would have hurt a few people. A lot of draft owners, but... Look, we know what we're getting from a lot of these guys. Yeah, so. I don't think we need to dwell, delve too much into them. And we're not going to... De- Did North Melbourne become fantasy irrelevant, basically, again? Uh, it's only one week. They <laughs> have had some good signs leading up to this week. Yeah, I, I think it it's a bit rough to call anyone fantasy irrelevant at this time of the okay. year. They've been fantasy relevant for a lot of years, though. I guess I'm just sort of going back into that mind frame, you know? Yeah, I know, I hear you, but we'll see what they can do over the preseason. Yeah, Todd Goldstein has been incredibly solid, even through the rough patches, and Jack Zeeble seems to be playing through the midfield again, even though, you know... His scores aren't... Yeah. Still aren't... They're not massive, but a 92 from a forward, if you've got him in draft leagues, you are loving that. Yep. Uh, Okay, the first Sunday game. I mean, this was a really good game. Yeah, seventy-two to sixty-nine. This was a tight finish. Took a last-minute goal for the Saints to get the win, and a courageous mark from Josh Battle backing up into a pack. As we well. like Battle. We do love Battle. We love a bit of Battle, um, and he's been averaging very solidly this year as he well. Has, so yeah. keep an eye for drop. I don't know if he's a redraft guy next year, but Ken, I think he is. You reckon he is? Yep, he'll play third. Tall defender yeah. next year. I think he'll just do what he's been doing. A lot of intercepting because he reads the ball really well. He'll get marks as an interceptor. Mm-hmm. He's a good good enough kick to distribute it well. Yeah. I, I I still think he's relevant for next oh, year. Okay. Uh, Dan Hanbury with 117. Yeah, that's very good. What do we make of that? Do we make anything of that? Leave it till next year. Put a pin in it until 2020. Yeah. I don't think you can read into that the, this year because he's just been so injury prone. If he gets a full preseason... The, the thing is that I've seen is people saying, is it worth downgrading to him in the no, midfield for no, dollars? No, For 521k, no, I don't think no, it is. It's not. It's just not. He plays Carlton next. <sighs> Shit. All right, so he's playing Carlton. No, I don't think so. Unless no, you... be, because for that value, you have to play him on your field, and I think that's too big a risk. All right, here's here's the thing: for if you are the massive underdog coming into your finals this week, and you are desperate for a cash up, you've got injection, no chance of winning. You've got barely any chance of winning. Hanbury could pump out another good score like this against Carlton, and if you can use that cash to get one of your middling guys. Um, like maybe a Tom Stewart or a Tom Rockliffe. Up or to a, a Whitfield or up someone. To, up to one of those top-end guys that can really push you for the win. Um, I I guess that's okay. But if you're coming in 50-50 to a contest, I'm not bringing Dan Hanbury no, in. No, it's too big a risk because you have to play him yeah. on your field. 100%. Uh, Seb Ross, 112. Good bounce back from him. And how good was it seeing Jack Steven back in as It well? was good seeing him back. And in good form as well. He played up forward. He's got a bit of a yeah. you know beer belly on him because... <laughs> Because he spent so much time away from the game getting himself together, which is great to see him back on the park yeah. and enjoying himself. 
And hopefully next year, he's back for the full year and just dominating again. Interesting question, without notice. Will he be at the Saints next year? I don't think he will. I don't either. So if he's a... If he's at Geelong, I'm actually a little worried about his scoring capability because they've just got too many midfielders. Yeah. But having said that, it seems like we have this conversation every year of, oh, Geelong have got a new midfielder. Whose score's going to suffer? Well, Joel Selwoods have suffered this year massively. Yeah. Have, he's had a huge drop-off. And that was with Menegola out of the side for most of exactly. the year as well. So add Jack Stephen into that mix as well. And all those other guys, like keeper league owners of Charlie Constable as well, I'd be worried. Oh, they can pretty much write him off. Exactly. Um, so who else have we got? Well, I suppose obviously Tim Kelly's uh, destination has a bit of question That's about that. That's true. They're losing a midfielder there and just replacing him. So yeah, yeah well, may, that wouldn't surprise me if he stays. He could very well stay. I'm not sure how that goes. I think West Coast might be in the box seat, but I don't think West Coast is going to have the capital to get it done. I think it happens if. Brander goes. Uh, this, this is a question for another time. We might get yeah, this. Th- th- we're going off topic. We don't, we'll, yeah. we'll be doing some podcasts in the off-season around trade time because we love talking trades because Keeper League drafts, they're, they're huge when yep. trades, position changes, and rookies yes. come into the mix. So we'll, we'll cover that in the off-season. Yep. Don't you guys worry. We'll hold, we'll hold this thought. <laughs> Put a pin in it. All right. So Hunter Hunt, Clark. Hunter Clark. Now... There was a little thing we noticed at the start of the game. Nick Caulfield was dominating off of halfback in the first quarter. He was on 32 just before quarter time, popped his shoulder, and Hunter Clark moved straight into his role and then dominated with a 99. Caulfield was outscoring Clark quite comfortably. So... This is good on both counts for me. This is good yeah. for Clark and it's good for Caulfield. Look, Caulfield got this injury. It sucks for this year. If you're yep. relying on him, your team sucks anyway, unfortunately. <laughs> but for keeper owners next year, I think Caulfield's got a role. I, we talk, We spoke about this last yeah. week. We both really like him. We, and we think lo- he fits the role Clark. well. And yeah, we like Hunter Clark. I... <laughs> I think next year they'll both be playing halfback for yeah. him and scoring well. Yeah, exactly. Um, Get ready for the third-year breakout next year for those two boys. Oh, I'm looking forward to it. Jack Billings, 95, solid, but not quite enough. And Rowan Marshall, just so much heart playing on with the... Uh, mm. That looked like a horrible knee injury at some point in the first quarter. And to get a 78 playing on, look, monitor him. If he's not quite cherry ripe, he might be someone that you need to trade out of your salary cap team this week. Yeah, potentially. Um, who are the Saints taking on again? They're taking on Carlton. If Cruiser is playing, yeah. that's a little bit of a question mark there if he's not quite 100%. Yeah. Um, the Dockers, I mean, look, Nat Fife, there's not enough just. Uh, Single handedly tried to lift him over the yeah. line. He was incredible. Awesome effort. We'll move on. Yeah. Ed Langdon. Good to see a solid game from him away from home. Very good. I Very mean, good. Draft owners would be happy there. Connor Blakely has been just doing this for a few weeks where he's he has a horrible start and then he finishes up on 90-ish somehow. Um, can yeah. you see him moving into the midfield next year or does he stay in the back line? Um, it will be interesting to see what happens to Frio's midfield over the offseason. Yeah. If they lose a couple of guys... He may get more midfield minutes. Yeah. Having said that, he doesn't really play the same role as the guys that are being talked sure, about. As sure. yeah, surely Mundy has to go more out of the midfield next year. He's just too old to get his body bashed he, and Mundy's 34 this year, yeah. so if he plays on next year, he's not playing midfield. Yeah, so I, I think that Blakey takes some minutes from him as well as Brayshaw, and... Chera moves more into that defensive role alongside yeah. Ryan when he returns from injury. So yeah, I think I Chera's really going to play a big role out of defence next year. Yeah, his off the distribution off the halfbacks has been good the last few weeks. So keep an eye out for defensive status from him. Yeah. There's not too many others I really want to bring up from Fremantle, to be honest. There's a lot of just guys that are at that middling sort of level for drafts. So you Dumans, you yeah. um, I mean, Ethan Hughes... Tucker, I'm not sure, yep. quite sure where he goes, especially, or where he ranks, considering he just has uh, midfield status. Yeah, not worth looking at this year. No. So, um, San Switkowski. Switkowski. 4% old in ultimate, 4% owned in ultimate. Did you say 40? 4% o- old? Is that what I, think, I think I did. I think I did. Um, 4% owned in ultimate footy. <laughs> 89 against Geelong last week and 80 versus the Saints this week. Not bad. Those are his only two good scores for the year. 
don't buy into it and bring him in. Okay? Good. I'm glad you told me that because I, I said not bad and started looking at the scores. <laughs> but he, right. He's only good scores all year. All right. So if you're looking at just the last few games, I wouldn't be trusting him. Fair call. Um, okay, so we'll move on to the second game on Sunday, which was Richmond versus Carlton. Colton put up a bit of a fight, but it was sort of a last-minute charge. You know, uh, Richmond always had this game in hand. There, w- there wasn't really any stress there. Um, Graham, Jack Graham, he smashed mm. it. Now, unfortunately, he is owned in a lot of draft leagues. He's 83% owned in Ultimate Footy. Really? That high? Yeah, that high. 83% owned. Uh, only wow. 5% owned in Salary Cap Leagues. Look... He, he hasn't been great. He's been solid enough the past few weeks. So he had the 146. He had an 81, a 96, and a 79 before that. Yeah, I was going to say, the last few weeks have been pretty good. He's been solid when he's been on the park, but he's just a midfielder, which is the thing that's ha- holding him back. So yeah. he, it'd have to be a deep league for you to be playing someone like Jack Graham on your field with an average in the mid-80s. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so he spectacular this week, but I'm not penciling that kind of scoring against West Coast this week. No, definitely not. Tougher game. Uh, Shane Edwards was amazing. I mean, just, they smashed Colton, realistically. Yeah. Although, just, let's pat ourselves on the back a little Prestia. bit here. Yeah, Prestia. Was that, that was, was I pushing that, or you, were you yeah? both pushing that? Oh, no, you convinced me on I air. I did convince you on air. That was it. So, I'm pretty happy with that 113. Yep. Tougher game this week against West Coast, although... Matt Crouch dominated. Brad I'm backing Crouch him in. did very well. I'll I'd, back him I'd in. I'd back him in. So if you did it last week... Point of difference. Very well done, and I don't mind it this week either. Yep, I like it. Um, because he's just not going to get attention, I don't think. Uh, Brandon Ellis was superb, as well as Castagna. And mm-hmm. then a bit of a drop-off there, but good to see Nankervis coming back in and getting some some a, a solid score with an 89, to be honest. Yep. Disappointing from Hooley, though. We, I, I, Hooley got an eighty. I sort of penciled him in for a ninety-five, at least average over the last few rounds because he plays every game at the MCG. Mm. I just didn't think he would have an eighty in him. Ellis got one hundred and three though. Yeah, that's the thing. They seem it's that almost Collingwood roundabout that they had last yeah. year with you know Sharonberg and Crisp and Howe and yeah, um, they can't all be good at the same time. Exactly. Having said that, eighty's not terrible. No, it's not terrible. But in salary cap leagues, once you've you know, inverted commas, completed your team. You want more than that. Exactly. Absolutely. Uh, uh, Carlton side. Uh, Look, Daryl Thomas, draft owners. Oh, my God. 130. He probably won a lot of elimination He would have won a few. And it would have pissed people off as well. Yeah. If you you came up against Dale Thomas, in your head, you're going, right, I'll probably pencil him in for an 75 to 85. Yeah. yeah. Somewhere in that margin. 75 to 85. And 130 is just ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, Paddy Cripps bounced back from last week very well. Mm-hmm. Uh, 126. We sort of called that last week. We said you shouldn't be trading him out. Yep. Uh, and then Cade Simpson is just having a bit of an evergreen moment in the back end of this season. <laughs> yep. Uh, just, it was. He looked like he was on the brink of retirement. Yep. He was doing that little, and yep. he's just... Just dominating. Yeah. Uh, and Nick Newman, his partner in crime, did very well. Ed Kerno with 122 as well as your POD forward has been very solid. Uh, yeah, and that's that's the top end. There's no one else really to talk about. Sam Walsh. Was this uh, his first bad game? Uh, I in inverted he, commas? Yeah, yeah, I think he's had some, some middling games, but not in recent memory. Like, he's just yeah. been so good. So, yeah, I, I mean, keeper league owners just know what you're getting with Sam Walsh. There's no issue there. <laughs> yep. Um, I think we'll move on to the last game of the round, shall we? Let's do it. All right. West Coast versus the Crows. West Coast got up after a really strong effort from the Crows, realistically. Yeah. Uh, Jack Darling, he's another one that might have won some draft owners some matchups this week. 120 from him. You would not be expecting that against the Crows. No. Uh, Willie Rioli with 109. I really liked his Interestingly, role. with only one goal won. It was the role. He was playing much more in the midfield and mm. coming off of half forward a bit more because Cripps came back in this week. Uh, interesting. So I missed that. That was very interesting to see. He had seven tackles in there, so he was yeah. playing that pressure midfield role. Uh, Gaff with 106 uh, was, again, he's just been... Pretty much what he's been doing. between 106 and 110, basically, the last... Every month. week. Uh, Luke Shuey and Dom Sheed were solid as well. Not really too much else to talk about. Elliot Yeo would have disappointed a lot of salary cap coaches who had him as a POD. Yeah, only five tackles, that's why. That's the thing. But Where's he the was, 10? He was somehow one of the best on field. 
Impact. Yeah, Impact. I haven't had a chance to watch the replay of this game yet. We missed it. We were doing an NFL draft day. Oh, my God. NFL keeper startup. I have never been as fried as I was after that draft. That was incredible. Brain was mush. That was an almost eight-hour draft, I want to say. Seven-hour draft. That's it. Seven hours. And you're going into the back end. If you think you don't know some of the AFL players out there, wait until you try an NFL draft. Equanimous St. Brown or something. (laughs) Oh, my God. Um, All right, we'll push we on. tangent it again. We'll get back on topic. But yeah, Elliot Yoso, he definitely would have disappointed a lot of salary cap coaches who expected more. Uh, Oscar Allen, I saw, got the uh, rising star nom this week. Very he, nice. Yeah, he's going to be a, a solid player. I, I, I like him. He's a good player. I, I'd be very interested to see if he could turn himself into a Tom Lynch sort of player. An Ooh, Adelaide Tom Lynch yeah. lead-up, link-up player. Yeah. who Because he's such a good mark as well. Um, and they do have a lot of tall forwards West Coast, like Brander. They got Waterman yeah, developing um, down is there. Is he the guy that? I, oh, this is a stupid question. Is he the guy that I heard earlier in the year has really, really long arms, so he can mark Who's the that? ball? Oscar Allen, absolutely. Way out in front of him? He is like he's not super tall. I think he's one ninety three, one ninety four. Yeah, really, but he's, he's got, got a massive reach. He's got a big wingspan, so he can take. A, a, and he he doesn't do the old Jack Darling mark on your chest, even though mm. your arms are outstretched. <laughs> He, re- he takes the ball at the highest point. Yeah. So it's it's going to be interesting to see his development. He could be a very solid fantasy player like a Tom Lynch. Yeah. But if he's played up in the forward line, I don't think he's going to be. If he's played out of full forward. Out of the goal square. Yeah. yeah. Uh, we'll move on to the Crows because Matt Crouch just, oh my God. <laughs> talk about winning players matchups this week. I mean, he's been getting your solid hundreds, nothing yeah. too outstanding for the past yeah. few months. He's been getting his standard 30 touches for 105. <laughs> and 151. Holy hell. He had more kicks than handballs. That's the thing. 23 kicks to 20 handballs. I, I see it, but I don't believe it. <laughs> it's, it's mind-boggling, isn't it? <laughs> and his brother with 122 was fantastic as well. Yeah, really led the charge yeah. those two. We called Rory Laird as well. We called the halfback dominance. So, yeah. Hawley actually against West Coast, this is probably the game where he dominates next week. So, definitely yeah. don't look at offloading Hawley. Yeah. Hawley and Brandon Ellis, that's who I'd be putting my money on. Um, Bryce Gibbs, he's a good player. He is. I think we spoke about him last week, didn't yeah, we? We said did. if he can hold his spot, there's some points around the corner for him. Yeah, there is. Um, now, if you go back uh, a couple of years to the 2017 draft, we were all over Darcy Fogarty. We oh, love yes. a bit of fog. and Five goals. Five goals. Five goals against West Eagles. Coast, yeah. That's five very goals good. straight as well. He got a few on the run too. So, um, yeah, interesting to see. I'm not sure what the whether or not he's eligible, Darcy Fogarty, still for the NAB Rising Star. But interesting that Oscar oh, Allen got the, have a look. got the nod over Darcy Fogarty because... Yeah. He played 10 games last year. Oh, I think that's... What's the cutoff? 10. 10. There you go. So that's the reason. Because yeah. Darcy Fogarty was the better player on the field as opposed to Allen. Yeah. But deserving not for yeah. us. A lot of potential, though, for keeper leagues there. Yeah. And uh, my most important question is, which you won't know the answer because you didn't watch the game. Uh-huh. Um, did he get into a fight with someone this game? Oh, he better have. Every I'm time play tonight, and I hope he gets into a every fight. Every game I've seen him play... There's a bit of mongrel there. He, oh, he, hits, a, he hits someone. He is an absolute mongrel, and I bloody love it. It is epic watching Darcy Fogarty play. I hope... It's an angry man. Oh, my God. He's an angry man. Bad. <laughs> um, yeah. Anyone just, else? No, no one really else I want to point out from the Crows. So, what I think we're going to do is we're going to jump into a couple of questions from Twitter. Yep. We've got just a couple of questions this week. Obviously, a lot of coaches are getting knocked out and uh, they're into the silly season waiting for 2020 to start. Yep. But for those of you out there who are, still have a few matchups to come, you've got your elimination final and possibly the granny next week. Don't forget, you can always ask us. We're on Twitter at ExtendedBenchAU. Always happy to help. The, uh, the first question this week comes in from Roy O'Bannon, who says, I'm wanting to get rid of Luke Parker. Is him to Hanbury any value? Look, mate, I completely understand wanting to get rid of Parker. I've got <laughs> no issue with that whatsoever. But just stepping away from the raw hatred from his performance this <laughs> week, uh, who's he got this week? He's got Melbourne. Melbourne have been giving up scores to midfielders. Melbourne have been giving up scores in general this year. Yeah. So I wouldn't... I, 
I would almost back Parker in this week. I would almost give him one more week, and I would definitely prefer to have him than Hannabury. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Look, if you're de- like we said, if your if your matchup is awful, if you're desperate for the cash to try and get up to someone else, and you think Hannabury can put up a decent score for you, don't mind that. But if you're coming in sort of fifty fifty, I, I still think that you know having Parker will be better for the long run than having Hannabury for the last two weeks. Yep, agreed. Yeah, I just I, I just can't bring myself to bring in Hanabry this week. Nah, wouldn't be recommending it, mate. Um, so, next question was from Dim Slickies, who says, Who to trade out for green? Uh, Boak, Taranto if injured, or Tim Kelly? Also, Whitfield, Zeret, or Danger to captain in draft this week? All right, a couple of questions there. Uh, so, All who right. are we trading out for Green? You definitely need Green. Green is just you do monstering need him. at the moment. So, we're looking at Boak, Taranto if he's injured, or Kelly. Well, if Taranto's injured, obviously Taranto. Yeah, if he's not playing, he's the guy. Yeah. If he is playing, I'm hanging on to him because I really like his matchups. So do I. Bulldogs and then Gold Coast to finish the year off mm-hmm. is probably the best yeah. run home. And I think... You've, you've sort of got to go on recent form with the other two guys. So, Tim Kelly's just got 103. Yep. He is playing Brisbane, who haven't been giving up the most points. Yep. But I think he should still be okay there. And then after that, his next game is against Carlton, which he should... Should, should dominate. Yep. So, and then Boak is taking on North, which can Alt- be up and down. The, yeah. It's tough, tough call there. And then finishes off against Frio. So who more. do give up points. Yeah. My gut feel, though, is probably Boak. Yeah, that's my gut as well. My gut's telling me that Boak is the one you can get rid of. Um, I wouldn't be getting rid of Kelly after a great score this week, um, and I wouldn't be getting rid of Taranto if he's playing. Like, there's, he's coming off 110. So, uh, so yeah, that, that's my answer. I, I'll be getting rid of Boak out of those three. Uh, now, onto your captaincy question. So, Whitfield, Zeret, or Danger? So, Whitfield is coming up against the Bullies, who, you know, look, they are have been an incredibly good team to play against, but they do give up some scores to the top-line midfielders. They gave up 151 to Zach Merritt, and it didn't even matter. They smashed him by yeah. 100 points. So, yeah, I, I don't see an issue with captaining Whitfield, actually. I quite like him, because... Yeah, Zach Merritt against Frio. I, I get the feeling that Ross is going to try and be a little bit more defensive. Merritt averages 112 against Frio, though. Jeez, that's a tough call. Um, I'm not going... Uh, danger, danger is probably against, number three yeah, for I'm me. Not, I'm not going Danger against Brisbane, because he seems like the sort of guy that they'll throw Mitch Robinson onto, and they will just have an absolute Agreed. rage fest. Agreed. <laughs> it's going to be an angry matchup. Oh, it's going to be an angry matchup. So. Um, and he also actually only averages 99 versus... Um, versus Brisbane. Versus Brisbane. Whitfield average of one hundred and five. One five. I, I'm still my my pick is Whitfield of those two. I, I'm going Whitfield just over Zach Merritt. Uh, it's a tough call though. Yeah. Um, how, how you feeling? I need to see who they're actually versing. I was doing the the uh, the matchups while you were talking there. <laughs> um, GWS versus. Bullies. And then GWS have Gold Coast the next week. I mean, it doesn't really matter because it's... Yeah, it's Essendon captains. v. Frio. I think it's a flip of a coin. I reckon, though, I'm going to go Merritt. You go Merritt. I'm going Whitfield. So, look, mate, I think either way, you're, you're in for a good score. Yeah. So, I don't, I don't think you have an issue with either one of those two guys. Um, okay, so that's the questions for this week. So, we risk are going it. to dive straight into the game. You know, risk it for the biscuit. We, we yep. love this game. <laughs> Uh, we love it a little less when we don't perform well. Uh, no. So we've uh, just to go through the rules again. We're looking for players who can come off the waiver list and get a good score, solid score for you on your field this week. You might have an important matchup. This is finals. Obviously, you need someone streamable who can get you a good score. Uh, they need to be under fifty percent owned in Ultimate Footy to give you the option of picking them up. Uh, and generally, we try not to pick the same player twice, but at the pointy end of the season, you just got to throw that all. out. Absolutely. Free for all. So, so last week, you went with Hipwood and um, McInerney. Yep. Both fails. Unfortunate. Hipwood uh, was 70. on 64 was... halfway through the third quarter. I thought he was guaranteed oh, for a big score. Finished on 70. He... Not quite. But oh. you probably aren't actually disappointed if you wave wavered that. 
but still. Sam Reed and Lever were mine. They were both dismal failures. Um, our honourable mentions, though, who didn't quite make the percentage cutoff. Yeah. You went with uh, Charlie Cameron mm-hmm. for 84, 85? Uh, yes, Charlie Cameron had an 85. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, re- you'd be really happy with yeah. that from a forward coming off the bench. Yeah, and I went with um, Aaron Norton as an honourable mention. Yeah. Uh, and he put up 84. So, yeah, So, the honourable mentions... Are the guys you should have gone with. Absolutely. (laughs) Um, So, we'll we'll dive straight into it for this week's picks. Uh, I think I've got the first one this week. So, I'm going with a forward, 18% owned from West Coast. I'm looking at Willy Rioli this week. Mm, Nice. Now, I loved, from the highlights I saw and the little bits I saw of that game, I loved the role he was playing. He was playing through the midfield more. He was playing that pressure role. They need to get some more flexibility through the forward line because they've got Cripps coming back into that already stacked forward yeah. position. Um, yeah, Willie's got a good role at the moment. He tackled like an absolute demon on his way to 105. I don't think he'll quite get to that. Or I definitely don't think no. he'll get to that. But I'm hoping for an 80-plus score, maybe an 80 to an 85 would be very achievable if he continues in that way. And Richmond do give up points in the in matchups where they're not dominating, which this should be a closer contest against West Coast. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I think that Willie could have a very solid game. I like it. Alrighty, for my first one, I'm going to go with Luke Brown from Adelaide. Interesting. Defender, 15% owned. The thing that I like, the two things I like, his last month he's gone 85 versus Essendon, 25 versus Carlton, 72 versus Saints, and 75 versus West Coast. Yep. Um, what that tells me is the teams that play him, if they can get the ball into the forward line, but the forward line maybe isn't working particularly well at the time, yep. um, then he's going to get a lot of ball rebounding it. He plays Collingwood and the Dogs in his final two games. Collingwood's forward line is a bit of a shambles at the moment, so I quite like his chances to get a bit of the ball this week. I like it. Having said that, that was my reasoning for Lever last week, and that really didn't work. <laughs> so, well, I feel that's like, why it's risk it. I feel like I'm stealing something from you here, actually, mate, because those are the exact same reasons that I have picked David McKay from Adelaide. Uh. And he's a back, coming more onto the wing than he is playing off the back line, but... Had a good, uh, a decent past uh, three weeks with a 75, 103, and a 74 mm-hmm. over that time. Uh, and yeah, I, as you say, if, if a team can move it quite easily into their forward line, he's that link-up sort of player who gets the plus sixes coming out of there quite regularly. Yep. I think he's in for a solid game against Collingwood. And I think, again, you can expect, hopefully, around about an 80-point game from him, which would be terrific for a backman in a desperate situation. Nice. Excellent. So my second pick, I'm actually not sure who I'm going with. I've got <laughs> I've got five very average picks. Oh god. And I'm gonna let you choose which one. So give okay. me a number Ooh. between one and five. Alright, I'll go with three. You've got to go smack bang in the middle. Alrighty. You have chosen Daniel Menzel. You're a sick man. <laughs> You're a cruel man. Daniel, Daniel Menzel, Menzel, Sydney forward, five percent owned. 75 last up against Port. He's got Melbourne at the MCG and the Saints in his next two games. Um, I think the reason that I picked him is just the fact that Melbourne are giving up a lot of points. Stephen May's out for the season. Um, He might be able to get a little bit of forward 50 entry, possibly kick a couple of snags. I'm not overly keen on a high score from him, but... Hopefully a solid score there. What just uh, just as a reference for the listeners, what were some of the other ones you had? The other options. Out? So um, Rupert Wills. Rupert Wills, yeah, twenty three percent owned. Doesn't have a great ceiling, but sort of steady. Um, yep. And coming up against Adelaide, who's been giving up some midfield scores. Jacob Dawson from Gold Coast. Well, we mentioned him we earlier. Mentioned him earlier. Uh, Callum Brown from the Pies. I, I have I like Brown. Brown yeah. he's, I think he's, he's a keeper stash, I think. Absolutely, he is. He's, um, he's been getting a lot of some decent scores. He's tackling really well. He probably needs to get more possessions to really up his scores, but I do like him but a lot. he's still very young, Callum Yeah, Brown. from a keeper perspective, really yeah. like him. Um, and then Adam Kennedy from GWS yeah, he's, as a he backman. Yeah, he seems to be perpetually one chosen in uh, Risk It For The Biscuit. Yeah. So. The dogs and sons to finish the year off for him are really good. Yeah, I like that. And uh, and that's the end of this week's episode. Thanks so much, everyone, for joining us again. 
As we said earlier, we are at Extended Bench AU on Twitter. Don't hesitate to get in touch with any questions you have heading into your elimination finals this week. Make sure to uh, to keep an eye on any free agents which might be on your waiver list because this is the week yeah. where you need to do some streaming. I think uh, unless you are almost guaranteed a win, your team is the absolute champion of your league. At the very least, look at your waivers. 100%. You've got to make sure that you're flexible heading yeah. into the I- last Identify the weak point in your lineup. Mm-hmm. It'll be probably your, your forward line or your defense. Yep. And figure out if there's anyone better on the waivers. And in salary cap leagues, if any week is the week to be trigger happy, it's these sort of weeks. These are the weeks where you can really be a bit more reactionary. You don't have to plan for the long term so much. Yep. You just need to look at recent form. So that form over the past two to three weeks. Yep, that's it. Make your judgment call on that. Yep, go hard or go home. Absolutely. So we wish you all the best of luck heading into your elimination finals and hope you can join us next week for the grand final edition of the Extended Bench Podcast. We can't wait. We'll see you then. Catch you.